Welcome to the awesome pod mix. You are listening to Abby. The idea behind this podcast was to talk about how certain movies and TV shows made me feel when I watched them for the very first time. A reputed filmmaker once said, when a piece of art invokes a similar feeling amidst a large audience, it's the triumph of the filmmaker. That's the magic of cinema. I love the magic of cinema. Today I'll be talking about the TV show Ted Lasso season 3 third episode. The show is developed by Jason Sudeikis, Bill Lawrence, Brendan Hunt and Joe Kelly. This episode's title is 451 written by Bill Rubel and directed by Destiny Ekaraga. I'm already a fan of the director because her name is Destiny. The episode begins with the opening music of the song Out of My Head by Fastball. Colin wakes up, dresses and comes down the stairs. We meet Colin's boyfriend, I guess. His name is Michael. They kiss. They look so cute together. Colin walks out of Michael's house, gets in his car and sighs. Colin assures himself, I'm a strong and capable man. This is a reference to Colin's therapy session with Dr. Sharon. Colin drives his car and knocks off the garbage cans. When I was writing the script for this pod, I misspelled garbage as garbabe. I knew in that instant, for me, the opposite of garbage will always be garbabe. Colin curses. Bollocks. The title sequence begins. A press meet and a fan meet and greet is organized to welcome Zawa. Ted Roy and Coach Beard are discussing how to place Zawa in their lineup. Ted says, Okay, so obviously Zawa is going to be moving into our starting lineup, which means if my maths. Roy shakes his head in agreement. Ted continues, are corrects. Roy instantly shakes his head in disagreement. This singular plural math joke is so funny. Ted says, we're gonna have to sit someone. Who's it gonna be? Coach Beard replies, well, I think it's gotta be Colin. Ted reacts, ouch, ouch indeed. Roy clarifies, Colin is a chameleon. He can change depending on a situation. Only a strong and capable man can do that. Colin sounds like an asset. Coach Beard points out, Bigger issue is you put Zawa up front. Either Jamie or Danny gonna have to drop back to midfield. Ted questions, So who do we think is gonna take the news better? Danny or Jamie? We all know the answer to that question. Everyone says in unison, Danny. Ted describes, Yeah, nah. Jamie is a lot like my mom's precious moments figurines collection. When we get to meet Ted's mom later this season, I hope we get to see her precious moments figurines collection. Trent doesn't understand the context. Roy spells it out. He's a fragile little bitch. Ted expresses, Brevity is nice, but sometimes clarity is the true soul of the wit. I agree with you 100%, Ted. Higgins walks in and informs that it's time for them to head out and welcome Zawa. Higgins is nervous and Ted has knots in his tummy. So do I, Ted. So do I. Ted is usually fine around great athletes like Roy. Roy accepts that he's not like Zawa. Don't sell yourself short there, buddy. In fact, Ted's advice to Roy is, Don't sell yourself short. Sell yourself tall and get altered later. Abso-fucking-lutely. The locker room now has a special setup for Zawa. Everyone praises Zawa, including Danny, Sam and Richard. Isaac thinks it sounds gay. Now I know why Colin doesn't feel comfortable coming out. Sam's response to Isaac's comment is, Some men have a charisma that transcends orientation. Not that I know, but can't argue with that. Jamie arrives and is surprised to see Zawa's locker. Ted informs the players to head out to the pitch. All of the fans' enthusiasm has died down. 
Coach Beard is making funny noises like <laughs> Zava has not graced the occasion yet. Rebecca confirms with Higgins if they've signed a contract with him. E-signature, legally binding, baby! Rebecca doesn't want to be embarrassed because of Zava. She's also late for an appointment. Rebecca is being very mysterious about it. What could it be? Ted comes up to check with Rebecca if Zava has the right address. Zava wrote your welcome instead of signing his name on the contract. What a dick! Rebecca paces the hallway all the way to her cabin with Ted and Keely. Rebecca complains. I can't believe this is happening. Why does anyone put up with this lunatic? Keely explains because as humans we adapt to accommodate genius. I think it's high time we change that. We should accommodate people who are struggling and help them grow. So that we don't sit a strong and capable man like Colin. Just because he can change depending on a situation doesn't mean you take him for granted. And I'm surprised it's coming from Keely. She's the one who gave Shandy a job. Perpetuating the quote-unquote accommodate with genius stereotype only encourages dicks, gives them a free pass to do anything and get away with it. Keely, Rebecca, Ted discuss the greatest actor alive or was before he retired, Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis used to remain in character. He once texted Sally Field as Lincoln during the shoot. Of course, Rebecca and Ted agreed that Lincoln could not have texted. Abraham Lincoln was diagnosed with severe dyslexia when he was six years old. I once worked with a person who was a little dyslexic. Their brain used to think so fast that their fingers couldn't keep up with the correct spelling. I used to proofread all their writing material. Even I used to make similar mistakes while typing. But I didn't have a me to proofread my work. Sometimes I even misread things. So we used to call each other dyslexic and occasionally with a slip of the tongue dickless. Later, dickless became an inside joke. Coming back to Ted Lasso, Rebecca says, Sava may be a genius, but he's definitely a self-absorbed prick. Rebecca opens her cabin door and finds Sava seated in her chair complaining about biscuit crumbs. How dare you complain about Ted's biscuit crumbs? Those crumbs must be little drops of heaven in the mouth. Rebecca yells, What the fuck are you doing? We've been waiting for you for two hours. Zava responds, Time is a construct like gender and many of the alphabets. Rebecca commands Zava to get out of her chair. Ted extends his arm to shake Zava's hand. Instead of shaking Ted's hand, Zava takes his hand, places it around his heart and says, My leader, I'm an empty vessel filled with gold. I'm your rock. Mold me. If you are an empty vessel, how are you filled with gold? How do you mold a rock? I thought you only cut and polish it like a diamond. Ted just wants Zava to score goals and he's gonna be fine with him. Rebecca introduces Zava to Keely. He apologizes for being late and how it would generate bad press. Rebecca introduces Leslie Higgins to Zava. Zava tells Higgins that he is the glue. Zava leaves saying that he's going to meet the team now. He doesn't even know where he's going. Zava walks into the locker room and everyone touches him like he's Jesus. Everyone in the team is mesmerized by Zava except for Jamie. Danny calls Zava an angel and Yanmas calls Zava a god. Zava towers over in front of Ted and blocks his view of the team. Ted quietly steps onto the side. Zava inquires about the kitman. He assumes Jamie is the kitman. Will the kitman introduces himself. Zava takes a step to the side and blocks Ted's view again. Ted now steps over to the other side. 
Zawa reveals he worked as a ball boy for a club when he was 11 years old. Will clarifies he is 25. Zawa appreciates Will's passion. Zawa now steps toward the other side blocking Ted's view again. I'm not entirely sure if it's foreshadowing of some sort. This entire scene is so funny. I couldn't stop giggling. The way Ted moves to make space for himself is such a smooth son of a bitch move. Zawa invites his team and brothers to breathe with him. The whole team's breathing is insane. Zawa believes that the team and him are one now. There's no me, there's no you, there's only we. He pauses and says, and the us. Ted gestures from behind that Zawa is so smart. And then Zawa goes on to say the dumbest thing, and the we in us. Everyone is smitten but Jamie. Zawa walks into the coach's cabin. Zawa takes a look at the strategy board and all of the three coaches, Roy, Ted and Coach Beard, behave like schoolgirls with a crush on Zawa. Zawa rearranges the blue magnetic pieces on the whiteboard displaying he's a one-man army. Roy, Ted and Coach Beard wonder what Zawa just did. Coach Beard even scratches his head. Rebecca visits a person named Tish. For a moment there, I thought she was visiting a therapist. Tish is a psychic, Rebecca is a skeptic and I am intrigued. Rebecca isn't entirely sure if Tish can help her. Tish talks about the concept of Kintsugi. It's the Japanese art form of mending broken things with gold. The idea is that we embrace the flaws and imperfections and in doing so create something much stronger and more beautiful. Ted is definitely that gold. Tish wants Rebecca to place her hands on the Kintsugi bowl. Rebecca instantly says, Smells very odd in here all of a sudden. Tish visualizes and describes an object in Rebecca's hand. Very special, it's a green matchbook. She hears, shite in nining armor. Obviously, it's night in shining armor. Thunder and lightning and Rebecca. Rebecca is upside down and drenched. This is clearly foreshadowing of what's gonna happen with Rebecca. Tish says a few parting words to Rebecca. You are going to have a family and you are going to be a mother. Well, in my opinion, she is already a proud mama hen of Richmond. At the training facility, Keeley discusses a lot of PR interview ideas with Danny, Sam, Isaac and Colin. For now, Keeley wants the interviews to be Zawa-centric. Shandy suggests they say something so shocking that the interview goes viral. Shandy is full of ideas. Roy walks into the room. He has specifically taken out time for PR interviews. You don't have time to date Keely, but you have time for PR interviews. Are you evolving and making amends toward Keely? Shandy mock interviews Roy asking why he dumped Keely. Isaac reacts and Roy stares daggers at him. When the players learn that Shandy is Keeley's old friend, they all react like, Ah. Now it makes sense to them why Keeley hired Shandy. Ted checks with Coach Beard what today's wordle is and he tricks him. Jamie walks in to have a word with the coaches. Jamie knows and understands that a lot of people are excited about Zawa, but he also feels that Zawa is a self-absorbed glory hunter who only cares about himself. My first reaction was, seriously, Jamie, that's coming from you. Roy turns to give Jamie a look. Coach Beard says, Jamie, don't you think that coming from you, that's a little bit ironic? Jamie doesn't know. He thinks they have a good thing going and this new guy is fucking it all up. Ted believes in giving people chances and they wouldn't know unless they see a game or two. Jamie thanks Ted for hearing him out. Ted encourages Jamie to always feel free to speak his mind. This is what healthy communication looks like, folks. 
Jamie is about to leave but he stops in his tracks and answers Coach Beard. I wasn't being ironic, I was being hypocritical, that's it. Ted checks with Coach Beard if that's right. Coach Beard hums and says, Yes. Jamie, you beautiful grammar witch. Ted conducts a pop quiz with the players. He inquires about the finest Hugh Jackman role and fancy pants New York City getaway. Sam's response to that question is Jean Valjean Catskills. It's from the movie Lame is a Harbour. Ted is curious to know how Sam knows about the Catskills. Sam reveals it's because of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Ted says it's a good show. Indeed, it's a good show, Ted. In my humble opinion, season 1 and 4 were amazeballs. Season 2 was the one set in Catskills. The answer Ted was looking for was Wolverhamptons. Wolverhampton Wanderers, also known as Wanderers. Classic Ted. Roy corrects Ted saying, also known as the Wolves. Coach Beard and Roy explain the game plan. It's the 451 strategy which is also the episode's title. Zava meditates with crystals in his palms. The players huddle up together except for Zava. Jamie whistles to grab Zava's meditative attention. <whistles> Zava wakes up from his meditation and breaks the hand formation. Like all hands on deck, all hands are on Zava, as if he's Jesus. Of course, Jamie's hands are not on Zava's deck. Coach Beard and Roy comment on Jamie respectively. Precious moments figurine, lil bitch. Ted needs to call Henry and wish him luck before his soccer playoffs. Ted can't find his phone. He's also forgotten Michelle's cell phone number. That's really healthy, Ted. You're moving on. I wonder why Coach Beard doesn't assure him of the same. Ted calls up on the homeland line and Drake answers imitating Trump. Ted plays along and Jake doesn't know how to react. The colour drains off Michelle's face when she learns it's Ted on the line. Ted and Henry wish each other good luck. Michelle checks if she can speak with Ted when they have more time. Ted's eyes are holding back the floodgates of tears. He sighs. This is gonna trigger him in ways I don't even wanna imagine. Ted starts getting his panic attacks. Poor Ted. I just wanna hug him and tell him I'm there for him and everything is gonna be okay. Zava scores from the half line. In a montage, Richmond climbs the ranks from 17th to 9th and from 9th to 7th. Zava conducts the Tibetan bowl ritual for serenity. They chant Om. Jamie enters the locker room, witnesses this and leaves. I would have done the same. Ted checks out Jake's social media page while nursing his drink. In the next match, Richmond climbs the ranks from 7th to 5th. Nate tracks Richmond's progress. At home, Rebecca lights a scented candle. The matchbook messes with her head. She searches for a green matchbook. Rebecca realizes she can't do this. In the hallway, Keely walks past Roy and doesn't even pay attention to him. Roy reacts regretfully. Colin exchanges texts with Michael before the next match. Zawa steals a goal from Jamie. Richmond climbs the ranks from 5th to 4th. At Sam's restaurant, Ola's, Sam tastes food with his chef, Simi. I definitely saw some sparks there. Ted complains about Jake in his therapy session. Ted compares the condescending tone of Jake and Sharon's Your Time Is Up. Soccer Saturday idiots are chatting about how Ted is not the coach of the year, but Nate is a tactician at work. In the next match, Zava scores a goal and takes off his jersey. Jamie is surprised to see Zava's back tattoo on Zava's back. Compensating much? 
In the game after that, Richmond climbs the ranks from 4th to the 3rd right next to West Ham. Sam invites the team to his restaurant Ola's. The team celebrates Sam's invitation but Zava mistakes the cheers for himself. Zava starts snapping and grooving. Danny is right behind him. Danny copies Zava's moves. It's such a funny visual. I love Danny Rojas. At Ola's, everyone congratulates Sam. Michael arrives to meet Colin. Sam welcomes Sassy, Rebecca and Keely. Sassy is looking for Ted. Ted is seated with Coach Beard and he's upset. Coach Beard's girlfriend Jane arrives and they start making out. Ted says, Man, y'all's baggage just matches right up, don't it? Roy notices Jamie seated in a corner. Roy is concerned about Jamie's frown while they are on a winning streak. Jamie reminds Roy that he frowned his whole career. Roy corrects Jamie, saying that he never smiled, that's different. Dude's got a point. Zava arrives at Ola's. Everyone cheers for him. Roy calls Zava the best player on the team. Jamie used to be the best, but now he's not. It happens. Jamie is surprised to hear that Roy thought Jamie was the best. Roy thinks Jamie could still be the best if he weren't prima donna. Jamie corrects Roy, saying it's prima donna. Roy wants Jamie to keep up with Zava. Jamie wants to be better than Zava. Roy promises to train Jamie if Jamie really means it. These two have come such a long way. Rebecca reacts a tad bit jealous seeing Sam interact with his chef Simi. Rebecca and Keely cheers to better things ahead. Ted and Sassy discuss how it's borderline unethical for therapists to date their patients. Sam's chef Simi gives Sam something that makes him happy. It's Ola's green matchbooks. Sam gifts it to his guests. Trent Krem collects his green matchbook and leaves. The song Everybody Knows by Leonard Cohen plays. On his way out, Trent spots Colin and Michael making out in the alley. This is the real test for Trent Krem. I hope he has enough sense to not out Colin without his consent. The end credits begin. This episode is not just well written, it's well executed. It's filled with so many fun moments and witty lines. It has some fantastic character growth and story craft. I loved it. You can listen to the awesome pod mix and subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music and Google Podcasts. If you like what I'm doing, you can support me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash awesome pod mix. Thanks for listening.